Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and this is Rebellion's Bloom, our Star Wars umbrella show here on the Penny Bloom Podcast. And today, I'm going to be talking about the new Star Wars comic book, Hidden Empire. Issues 1 and 2 are available. 2 came out just today. And uh, I'm going to go a little deeper into that one, but I did want to give you a little bit of an insight as to what I was feeling about the first one. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to discuss both of them. Won't be a long episode, but I'm going to talk about them. I really loved the way this book kicked off. I think it was, uh, you know, for me, the original trilogy era comic books haven't been the highlight of Star Wars comics for me. They're not bad or anything, but, you know, there are just things I, uh, there are things I prefer to them, uh, to be sure, but, uh. The Hidden Empire stuff has been very, very satisfying so far. Kira's expansion in the comic books has been awesome. And I'm just I'm just kind of praying on a return to the screen for Amelia Clark. But uh, Hidden Empire is written by Charles Soule with art by Steve Cummings with inks by Victor Aldazaba and colors by Guru FX and letters by Travis Lanham. This was a this was an interesting book, especially considering I haven't been keeping up with like a you know I I kept up with War of the Bounty Hunters for as long as I could, uh, I kind of kind of lost me there, um, and all the stuff they've been doing lately with like Revelations and stuff I didn't I didn't go to the lengths of trying to read that because I'm not caught up all the way, but Hidden Empire I'm of the mind you should be able to jump into a new comic book run and understand the story they're telling you, devoid of context from other books and this one is doing a good job uh this one's doing a really good job we meet a lot of really cool characters in that first book with lady kira at the helm of crimson dawn obviously i love uh chanith cha i think it's how you pronounce her name that's how i'm gonna pronounce her name super fucking cool character an absolute badass um i love lady bright a new droid i love a new droid i always love a new droid and uh lady bright seems like a really cool one uh Another another couple cool introductions are the archivist and uh, a character named Ko. And let me find the full name for her real quick. Sorry, I'm opening the comic book in front of me now for it. Ko 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 K H O Ko. Hmm, I can't find it. Not off the top of my head. Ah, I don't know. But fuck it. Her name's Ko. And I really, really like her. She seems dope. Apparently she's the homies with Sonastaros, who is also super fucking badass. Rolls with Dr. Aphra and shit, so, uh, you know, I'm a fuck with Ko. But uh, I like the way the story is seemingly told in a, uh, sort of, in the in a future context by the archivist. She's, uh, she's looking back on these events and telling the story, and, uh, the story of how they're trying to unlock the Fermata Cage and unleash an ancient Sith Lord to take down Palpatine and Vader, which is awesome. 
you know, obviously, we know Palpatine and Vader are not done end by an ancient Sith Lord who was released from the Fermata Cage, but that's not the point. I don't care about where we end up, I care about how we get there, because this conflict is awesome. The way Kira is, like, really, really getting to Palpatine, in a way that you don't see a lot of people get to Palpatine. Uh, you know, he calls in all the all the different crime syndicates, the Huts, the Black Sun, uh, he calls he calls uh, the Pikes, the Droid Gatra, the Zarek Besh, all of the crime families in the galaxy, and he tells them, you know what, y'all need to quit fighting, y'all need to stop doing what you're doing, all the shit you do amongst yourselves, how about y'all team up and take out Crimson Dawn? I need Kira fucking dead. And, uh, I absolutely loved, I absolutely loved that Kira's got Palpatine shook like that. Uh, and you know, I love that we see Vader kind of going on rampages and shit. But, uh, when they, uh, when they eventually inevitably find the Vermilion and order it to get destroyed, uh, you know, I'm a, I was a little worried for Kira, but I was like, ain't no way Kira gonna die. And, uh, you know, of course, she did not. Uh, she made it out, but earlier in the book, whenever she, whenever he, whenever she does unleash the Fermata Cage, very briefly, uh, and Palpatine senses that disturbance, and he yells, what did you do? What have you done? Like, people don't, people don't fuck with Palpatine like that. He don't, he don't act up like that often, unless some shit really got to him, and that's, that's really been the highlight of especially book one, was the way Kira had him, uh, had him shook, so shook, in fact, that via hologram, uh, he had to, uh, he had to give her a good old choke, um, but, uh, ultimately, they destroy the Vermilion, the Empire, with, uh, with her getting away, and the Knights of Ren, inevitably, uh, decide to leave the side of the Crimson Dawn, they're like, this is too much shit for me, uh, I can't, I can't hang out with y'all much longer. I think this is it. We're going to part our ways. But uh I love the way the first book ends with Kira going, this was all part of the plan. And then the archivist going, this was not all part of the plan. <laughs> Just a classic little... Oh. <laughs> I fucking love when a narrator kicks in and is like, uh, oh, this is this is perfect. It was not perfect. Uh... Reminds me of some Arrested Development shit with Ron Howard, doing some narration there. But uh, nah, man, that was the that was the first book, and it was uh, it was a solid one. But the second one, the second one today, I think elevates on the first one in an interesting way. It's part two, the Dawn Fleet, with uh, again right written by Charles Soule, art by Stephen Cummings, inked by Victor Aldazaba, and colors by Guru Effects, with letters by Travis Lanham. But we get. Uh, this time we get a perspective of who the archivist is actually giving this story to. Um, obviously, she's just a recording. She's not actively talking to them. But it's a couple of hooded figures who appear to be extremely intrigued by it. Um, and it seems like they're talking in the past sense about Palpatine and stuff. Like the reign, the reign of the Empire might have ended by the time those who are watching this, uh, the archivist... Uh, by the time they see it, all this stuff must have gone down. But, uh, you know, we see Kira kind of reckoning with the fact that Palpatine and the Empire are not just destroying the Vermilion, they're destroying all the escape pods and killing all her people, even though she's nowhere to be seen, nowhere nearby. And Chanath Cha is a little bit like, yo, 
that really sucks, but you're also putting my people in danger and my ship in danger, so what do you have planned for that? Um, and it's here on like page five that we get this uh, this pretty cool, just through the window you can see the waterfall and uh, you, you see the waterfall at the bottom of the page where it's just like, god damn the art in this book is really satisfying, but uh, the next page is where it really takes off. We get this uh, this full page, full page cross crossing both pages. Uh, an image of Dawnfall Base. And I like that name. You know, implies that she always planned for a fall of the Crimson Dawn, the Dawnfall Base, um, where she is pimping shit out. Absolutely badass, the fleet that she's built up. And I like that she's like, yeah, you know, style's important. I think she learned a little bit from her days with Lando back in Solo and her days with Han, but, uh, more Lando than Han. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, I love the way that Chanith Chaw is just kind of like, uh, yo, this ain't enough to destroy the Empire. And Kira's like, hey, I'm not trying to destroy the Empire. I'm trying to destroy the Sith. And it's not enough for that either. So let me check out how the Vermada Cage is coming. Uh, and it's cool to see the archivist and, uh, Kog kind of chipping away at it. But, uh, I really, really enjoy that, uh, they're kind of having a, they're having a good time together. Uh, the archivist and Kofon Ferris, I found the full name there. Um, apparently Ko has just a really, really impressive knowledge of Ascendant technology, and it's been put to good use, and, uh, I, I want some more Ko. She actually threatens in this book to go off and hang out with, uh, go hang out with Sonastaros, return to Sonastaros, and I'm praying that come February, when that Sonastaros book starts, that I see some more Ko, because I'm fucking with her. But, uh, when when uh Kira breaks the news that she's like oh yeah um the archivist is like ah you know we just need more time we'll pack it up we can move to a new spot and uh, she's like she's like I don't think there's any way for Palpatine to know what we're doing and Kira's like oh no 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 yeah he definitely does and she's like well how does he know anything and she's like well because I told him and I love the way the archivist is like what the fuck Kira why on earth would you do that shit I thought it was just I just love that shit. I love that Kira seems so cold and calculated. She's kind of like, she's a lot like Han, I feel like, especially in these books, just based off the Hidden Empire books. Um, I don't know a lot about Kira beyond that, besides the brief glimpses I've seen, but she has this impulsivity to her that is like, she likes to act like she has a plan, but she never really does. She just kind of does shit and hopes it sticks. And, uh, you know, I don't think that's a way to, uh, you know, maintain a business very long, but that was also not part of her plan. She she says Crimson Dawn was always a means to an end. It it fulfilled its purpose. Now it's time for the next step. And I'm like, okay, okay, Kira. I don't know. I don't know that she really has much of a plan though. But uh, I loved seeing on the exec uh, executor, the flagship of uh, Vader. You know, a classic imagery of Vader kneeling before the Palpat the Palpatine hologram and. Uh, He's, uh, he's fairly certain he's tracked down the source of the disturbance, but, uh, there was nothing there, and Palpatine's like, well, we know for certain that this is, a that this is a real thing we need to, we need to deal with, and, uh, I love the way that Vader's like, but sir, do you really, do you really think this is possible? And, you know, again, Palpatine being fucking real, you don't, uh, you just don't get Palpatine being a little shook ever and uh, him him telling Vader yeah I do I do think 
that it's a very real possibility. You know, I don't think there's a... Was this ancient Sith Lord who built your your castle, he developed this Fermata Cage. Is it possible for one to be preserved in the Fermata Cage? Yes. Was one preserved in the Fermata Cage? Now that, I don't know, but... There would be no greater threat as the Sith Lords, no matter who they are, they seek domination. And it would be a huge threat to what they've built. And I'll, again, just love the imagery. The fucking... The, the art in this book has been phenomenal. And on this page, it's page 11, halfway through the book. Palpatine speaking to Vader's hologram in front of the Death Star window. Fucking outstanding. Just just beautiful art. The colors here, the blues, purples, and reds. Like, just a just a beautiful color palette when we're dealing with that. And to juxtapose it with the next page, the bright yellows and pinks and uh, bright greens of uh, what's going on with Ko and the Archivist as they're trying to go ahead and feed the, uh, the beast, the Fermata Cage. They figured out a way to weaponize... Uh, the force so that they can, you know, her technology should suck all the dark side force out of the air, power the Fermata cage, and uh, it succeeds. I was like, okay, Ko, you a fucking badass. And then we get perhaps the coolest page in the book. Earlier in the page, earlier in the book, I was like, man, it'd be kind of pimp. I, I don't want them to. I was like, I really respect the fact that they've never really touched Yoda in original trilogy comic era. I think they're like, you know what? He was off on Dagobah. And that's just what he was doing. And that's right. That is what he should be doing. Uh, but the fact that when they open the Fermata cage, they show Yoda and they show Luke and they show Palpatine and Vader, all of them feeling that disturbance in the Force, along with Palpatine going, Do you feel it? Reminded me of Snoke and, uh, Snoke and Ren in, uh, in The Force Awakens. There's been a disturbance in the Force. Have you felt it? Yes. Fucking love that. Fucking love that movie. But, um, yeah, this page just rocked. I loved seeing, uh, I love seeing Yoda in comics, man. I love seeing Yoda in comics. And, uh, I'm glad they haven't touched him in OT. But I'm glad that for a purpose like this, they went ahead and flashed him up there for us. I thought that rocked. But, uh, yeah, the Fermata Cage being open does not go, uh, 100% okay for, uh, Ko and the Archivist because it very quickly, uh, calls Palpatine invaders' attention. They are very easily able to track them down. And not only that, but it nearly fucking kills them. They're extremely weak. And, uh, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Uh, but I loved, uh, I loved seeing Kira getting approached by, uh, uh, a young girl, it looks like, who... I don't really know who she is. I feel like this is one that I... F I would know if... I've read other stuff. Uh, but regardless, uh, she, she calls this young girl her last hope. Which I think is cool. I don't know what that means. I'm excited to see what it means. She's got a little bit of a... Uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo aesthetic going on with like a white white shirt and a blue bandana and orange bandana like she's got a she's got a Fred from Scooby-Doo thing going on and uh but it's like mixed with like a little bit of a I don't know I don't even know where to 
where to take it with that. She's just an interesting, an interesting character that I'm hoping to see return as Kira does call her a last hope. Um, but, uh, she's then informed that Vader and Palpatine have in fact tracked her down, which it's not ideal. It's not ideal by any means. Um, they've tracked down Ko and the archivist and before long they're met with, uh, with the wrath of Vader. But the way that Ko is like, yep, we're going to submit. That's all cool. What's up, Vader? Yeah, we'll come with you. No big, no biggie, no problem. You know, uh, I've heard Doctor Afra talk about you. You seem like a bad motherfucker, man. Not exactly somebody I'm trying to mess with. Uh, and frankly, that's probably what I would do. Uh, but the archivist is much less um, ready to give in, and I respect the spirit here. Especially given that we see that this story is being told through like a flashback and it seems like the archivist has seen the story through to the end. So it's like, she's probably not going to die here, but Vader tells her after she asks, I know who he is. He's the reason we fought so hard. The reason the galaxy is the way it is. He's a Sith. And they, uh, they get force choked. But then Chanith Cha pulls up and she goes full. Do you know who I am? What you mean to me? And Vader delivers just a classic badass Vader comics line. You are dead. And I am your death. You can't go wrong with, with Vader and comics, man. I know that the Vader comic itself has been a little bit all over the place. Hit or miss. But uh, he's pretty fucking cool regardless. He's always going to be cool. Um, even though he's a, a fascist wizard. And I can't fuck with him on a personal level. It's gonna, he's always gonna he's gonna look dope and he's gonna do dope shit and he's gonna say dope things, um, but yeah, man, Hidden Empire has been a fucking fun read so far. I fully intend on picking it up every month. Uh, every month it comes out. I'm not sure how long this run's supposed to be. I haven't really looked into that. It seems does not seem like it has the legs to be a ongoing. Almost feels like probably a six issue thing, and that'll probably be it. But uh, I don't know. I'm in. I don't know. But I'm interested in it, and uh, I'm hoping to see some more of my some more of my favorites folded in. I love Doctor Afra. I love me some Doctor Afra, and I need to catch up with her ongoing run uh, because I, I fully caught up with the 2016 one. I, I read all 40 issues of that. I need to jump into the 2020s one. But the 2020 runs, man, they're hard because there's so much crossover. There's so much crossover, and you know I want to read them, I, and I probably will. I'm just I'm gonna take my time. I'm going to take my time with that. Uh, but when I do get into those, you know, I'll, you'll probably hear from me here on Rebellion's Bloom. Uh, but yeah, Hidden Empire, strongly recommend going and checking that out. If you got a local comic shop, run over there, pick it up. It's worth a read, and the, the art alone is worth having. And I mean, you can't go wrong with Charles Soule. I fucking love Charles Soule's work. Uh not only comics but novels as well he's uh he's fucking brilliant so uh pick up hidden empire hidden empire one and two have been bangers check them out ha. you thought i was done nah we're also going to be talking about last week's release from dark horse comics star wars the high republic adventures number one i fucking love the high republic you knew i was going to talk about it baby this is Sav Malagan, Padawan or Pirate, written by Daniel Jose Older, 
art by Tony Bruno and colors by Michael Atier. And boy, oh boy, I fucking love the High Republic, man. There's something about it that just makes my heart fucking warm. And this character that they introduce, Sav Malagan, is a fucking badass. I love Sav. I love this chick. She's awesome. Uh, You know, being all 15, being a badass Padawan who's getting tired of the Jedi Order. She's like, man, man, this shit just ain't for me anymore. I love the Force. Feels like home. But the Jedi Order, mm, this shit getting boring. I love that this, this, they just want to be a fucking adventurer. They want to be a pirate. I love it. I love it. Especially since she's staked out on Takadana. And if she's on Takadana, you know she's going to find her way to Maz Kanata, baby. Oh. And to go to Maz's castle again, bro. To go to Maz's castle again and meet all these wacky, zany characters. I'm in, I'm in love. I love this shit. We got Alec. I love it. Wanted in like 20 systems. Alec. Got Quiet Shan, Alec's right-hand man. Uh, or right-hand woman, I should say. You got Coromont Vizzle, who's pretty awesome. Because his name's Coromont Vizzle. And you got Therm Scissor Punch. And again, awesome. Because his name is Therm. Scissor punch. I fucking love it. But the the bell of the ball. The highlight. The goddamn man himself. Dexter Jetster in the building. Dexter fucking Jetster baby. I love me some Dex. And he's he looks like he's a, he's a little slimmer. You know this is a couple hundred years ago. This is a couple hundred years ago. He obviously put on a little weight by the time the prequel trilogy ran around. He was just running a diner on Coruscant. This man has lived many a life, you know? You question how he knows so much come Attack of the Clones. Well, he's been around, baby. He's been around, and he's got stories to tell. And that's what Sav points out in this book, is that he is he's a storyteller, baby. He's got things to say when he comes to Maz's castle, and he has legends to speak of. And uh, the one he, he's telling at the beginning of this is about some Danto Parappa, who uh, apparently... He he became one of the most prominent crime family leaders of his era. But even he, but the event scared him so bad, he went into hiding for years. So it'd be interesting to see if uh, this little brief mention of Danto Parappa ends up coming back around. And Danto Parappa ends up being like uh, someone important to the story. But I love the way that Sav just stirs the fucking pot. She likes to, she likes to make, she likes to make fun of shit. She likes to make shit happen. Uh, rule in Maz's castle, of course. No fighting. No fighting. Maz don't, Maz don't have no fighting. That's not gonna happen here. But, when a fight's about to break out, and they, they amicably go their separate ways, <laughs> Sav can't have that. Nah, she's gonna use the force, make sure someone bumps this man on the back of the head, and then a fight breaks out. Which, uh, again, just love that Sav is stirring the pot. Uh, and of all people, for her to, uh, make trouble with it being this guy who is an inspector apparently very very bold very bold uh, but this this fight breaking out obviously draws the attention of Maz Maz enters the scene and wearing the fucking firest fit I've ever seen in my life she's got the fucking drip with this red cape she's got like a superhero aesthetic going on but she pulls it off it's crazy what she's got on right here, but it's fucking flames. Like, I kind of want to wear this. I want to wear this real bad. 
I love that the the way she enters the scene is what the Kark Star is wrong with all of you. Kark Star. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's provocative. It gets me going. I'll tell you that. But uh, I love the way everyone's like, no, Maz, I'm sorry, it wasn't me. He did it. He started it. Reminded me of fucking uh, Hamilton. Sir, I don't know what you heard, but whatever it is, Jefferson started it. Uh, fucking love, love this book, man. I'm already, I'm already fully in with this fucking crew too. I'm like a few pages in talking about it, and as I was reading it, I was like, well, I think I found, I think I found a new favorite. It's like all the, all the different species you see in the background too. You got Duros in the background here. You got fucking Moncala somewhere. You got a weak way over there. Like super fucking cool. Just. I, lo- I love it. I love the High Republic, man. It just it just tickles my fancy. It really does. But uh, I love the way Sav thinks Maz is talking to her whenever Maz is like, oh, is that my favorite person in the world? And she's like, oh, shit. She's talking to me. Uh, And then Dex is behind her. And Dex is like, ah, man, you keep talking to me like that. Woo-hoo. We'll see what happens. I love that Dex and Maz have like a flirty thing going on. It makes perfect sense given what we've come to know Maz as. And I mean, Dex fucks. There's no question about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I love it. I love this shit. Uh, the way he's like, oh, one day you're going to make me believe that and make make a fool of myself for love. And uh, they, they embrace each other with a big old hug. I mean, just a couple of legends from different eras of the movies that I absolutely love. You know, a sequel trilogy character and a prequel trilogy character coming together, embracing like this 200 years before either trilogy. Fucking awesome. I love stuff like that. But uh, I love that Dex decides, you know what, I'm heading out. I'll see you guys. And uh, I love, <laughs> but before that, I love the way that uh, Maz is like, for real, of all people to be making trouble with, you start shit with the fucking cop? Why on earth would you start? Like She's like, I let, when she talks to the inspector, she's like, I let you in here. Because everyone's allowed, despite the fact that you were fucking fed, bro. You a goddamn cop and I still let you in here. You gotta respect my rules. I love that, I love that Maz said ACAB. I love that shit. But, uh. Dex decides he's gonna have to follow him on out of there because he's a he's a notorious pirate hunter. And Dex can't have that because of his love for the pirate queen. Obviously he doesn't say that, but that's my headcanon. He loves him some Maz Kanata. Uh and the fact that she's known as the Pirate Queen, like that's a fucking nickname right there, bro. I wish I was known as the Pirate Queen. I think I might I might just coin that for myself. People are like, hey, Colton. Or I guess they wouldn't know this because they would eventually ask me, hey, what's your name? They wouldn't be able to go, hey, Colton, what's your name? They just said my name. But, hey, what's your name? I'm going to go, the Pirate Queen. And when they ask me to elaborate, I will refuse. But uh, I love that Sav just goes ahead and tags along. And Dex is like, all right, man, fuck it, I guess. This is cool. Uh, And that's when they happen upon a group in the middle of the woods who is plotting the downfall of Maz Kanata and the Jedi on Takadana. And one of their droids detects intruders and they start blasting. Everybody's gotta get the, everybody's gotta get their shot in. And uh ultimately it does result in the fact that uh Sav has to whip out the lightsabers. Everyone's like, oh shit, a Jedi. She's like, this is the moment I've been waiting for all my life. Dexter Jetster's about to tell some fucking stories about me, bro. 
And uh, she goes ahead, beats some ass. She gets some help from the inspector. She gets some help from Dex. When she, like, and the fucking excerpt here from when she finally faces all these droids. And she's like, then I finally, like, at first it's just like training. And then I realize how many there are. And suddenly, death feels very real. So near I can taste it. But if that's what's this night, if that's what this night has in store for me, so be it. Then she just goes on a fucking rampage, just beats some absolute ass, and I absolutely love it. Uh, but obviously, due to these events, they have to go back and report to Maz Kanata. Fortunately, uh, Dex is like, "Yeah, I'll keep your secret, homie. I got you, Sav," which I love. Dex just holds it down. He's a he's a fucking real one, and he always will be a real one. But. Uh, I love that when they they get back and she he tells them who it is. She's like, uh, "Oh, the Dank Grax, Arctic Vaughn." I like that this. I love that Star Wars is basically just a bunch of fucking gibberish. The Dank Grax and Arctic Vaughn. I don't know, man. That's fucking awesome. But uh, she explains how a couple decades ago she stole a score from him that he's held against her ever since. He's been preying on her downfall since then. They're like, what was the score? She's like, Takadana. And they're like, yo, the whole planet? Legend. I love that shit. I love the way that, uh, which which one is that guy? I gotta go back to the page with all the fucking names on it now. Uh, Coromont Vizzle. Coromont Vizzle's like, the whole planet? God, legend. I love that shit. <laughs> Just like, goddamn wizard man. I love it. But, uh, yeah, she's like, that's probably why he wants to get rid of me and the Jedi. They're in the way. He wants the plan. He wants to turn it into his own little empire. And she's like, you know what? That's all right then. Sav, you bet. Dex says you held it down tonight. You're trying to be a part of the team. And I love the way she's like, hey, I know I said earlier that that was, the, that was what my whole life was building to. But now I realize this is the biggest moment of my life. And we get that full page, full page blowout of uh, the whole crew ready to ride together. They're going to, going for a turf war with the Dank Grax. Fucking Dank Grax. What a fucking name. But, uh, man, got a new favorite, got a new favorite character here from the High Republic. I love me some Sav Malagan now, man. This is a, this is a badass. And the fact that she's got a dual bladed purple saber, her whole aesthetic is fucking flames. The Pirate or a Padawan? The Pirate Padawan? What a fucking, what a fucking idea. I love it. And Daniel Jose Older, another just absolute legend in Star Wars. I need to read his High Republic run originally. I uh, have read his Midnight Horizon fucking fantastic book. One of my favorite last acts of a book ever. Um, can't go wrong. And the art in this one, again, fucking incredible. And I love the way Dark Horse Comics doesn't, uh, like splice their book up with ads in the middle of it they like make sure that they're all in the back which frankly is the way to go um i don't know though you know i see like the son of stars one and hidden empire number two was like big time and early on and it really drew my eye so you know maybe if it's in the back i pay less attention but you know i'm excited i'm excited for what's to come here uh in this in this book uh, I'm looking forward to more hyperspace stories from Dark Horse. I think I still need to pick up Tales from the Ranker Pit. I think that'd be an awesome little read. But, uh, 
yeah, man, with that, I think I'm going to conclude this as those are the most recent Star Wars comics that I've given reads. Um, but thank you so much for joining me today. It was a great pleasure uh, doing this little recap and review for you. Absolutely loving these books. Star Wars, it's very near and dear to my heart, and I'm going to continue to talk about it whenever I can. But uh, shit, if you would, head to patreon.com slash coroblum where you'll find even more comic book coverage just outside of the uh, the Star Wars realm. This week's poll list is going to be up within the next couple days over there. Uh, and for three bucks a month, you can sign up to help the podcast out like crazy. It costs me money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Uh, and that's where the comics Bloomiverse is going to be taking place. Any because our comic book movie project is coming up next year, and uh, you know the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special just dropped. That was our first installment into the comics Bloomiverse, and it's over there on Patreon.com/slash Bloom. So any new comic book media coming out, it's going over there on Patreon.com/slash Bloom. So hook us up, head over there, and it'll be a huge help. Um, if you would head to Twitter. Follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five star rate and review wherever you are listening. Leave a review if you uh, if you liked it. I, l- I would love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter if you've got anything that you feel like we should check out. Um, I'm always open to uh, always open to suggestions. Always open to requests. Any questions? Anything? Hit me up on Twitter at Penny Bloom Pod. Uh, shit, man. I was Colton Robertson, and thank you so much. Remember, peace. Love and bloom, and always praise the High Republic.